This podcast is brought to you by The Couch Chronicles, the new web series from yours truly. You can watch The Couch Chronicles every Tuesday night on YouTube. Just look up Courtney Lyric, which is my YouTube channel, and you can watch the episodes there for free. Let's start the show. It is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. It's your girl, Courtney Lyric. Hi. And um, I actually just got through watching One Night in Miami. And I'm not going to lie, I wasn't going to watch it at first. I wasn't. Like, I mean, I love Regina King. And, I, and, and literally the only reason I did watch it was to support her. Now, had I known... What's my baby? Had I known my baby Aldis Hodge was in that mug? Let me just say before I go any further... I have been in love with this man since he played Noah in um, Underground. So I've just been a fan ever since. We would definitely work together or wed, either or. But um, yeah, so uh, I didn't even know he was in it at first, Aldis Hodge. But um, I kind of, I had an idea. I knew, you know, what it was about. Sort of, kind of, but I was like, okay, off the strength of my girl Regina King, who who is officially, especially after this, a shero of mine. I was like, okay, off the strength of her, I like it. And plus, it's black art and it's black lady art, and you know, it's black history. And I again, la la love historic period pieces. So I was like, I like, I like, let me check it out. Um, I gotta say, it was, it was beautifully done. And I'm not just saying that because it's like the talk of the town right now or, or anything like that. It genuinely, the aesthetics, the color scheme, um, the, the casting was good. If I'm not gonna lie, the only person that I was a little hesitant with for the casting um, is, I think his name is Eli Gorey, and he played Muhammad Ali. And I don't know if it's because his eyes were so big or what, but, or maybe just because Will Smith did such a, a great job. Um, I just wasn't really completely buying him as Muhammad Ali, but, you know. Hmm. Other than that, I thought the casting was spot on. As far as I'm concerned, who was, who was, let me see, the young man who plays Sam Cooke, Leslie Odom Jr., baby, he is Sam Cooke. And I believe he sung, I, I don't think he was lip singing. So, as far as we're all concerned, um, since Sam Cooke has passed on, Leslie Odom Jr. is indeed Sam Cooke. Baby, he did that. You did that. Um, I guess because I'm not really, I know Jim Brown is a football hero and, you know, and he's, he's the only of the four legends that we still have with us today. But, um, I don't really know much of Jim Brown outside of, oh, he's a historical black football player. So all I saw was Aldis Hodge, you know, I was just looking at my boo. <laughs> I just saw him and I saw him, but, um, I looked him up on Facebook and I, not on Facebook, but on internet and, you know, they might would have been better getting old boy who plays on all american he has kind of tighter eyes like jim brown so um i mean aldis did a great job because he's a talented actor but um you know just as far as looks looks go he didn't really quite look like him to me you know but um still still good um oh malcolm x was spot on 
you know, we're so used to Denzel's uh, milk chocolatey fine ass playing Malcolm X. We forget brother was like beige with red hair and green eyes. So um, let me check the young man's name. It was Kingsley Ben Adir. And he's a British actor. You know, we're getting a lot of them Brits coming over here with the, you know, taking the roast. <laughs> First old boy off of what you know, yeah, we can find no light skinned dude over here in uh shoot in America, but um, it's, it's fine, he did a good job, he actually looks spot on for Malcolm X, really good portrayal. Um, so anywho, it's about um, but yeah, yeah, so and and to me, it was beautifully executed. Um, the direction, you know, now that I'm getting into cinematography a little bit, the you know, the camera movements, the, the pivots, the pans, the tilts you know the push-ins and the push-outs they were all done to help tell this story well you know the cuts weren't jarring the scene you know okay first let's be clear and i kind of knew this when i saw the trailer for the movie or, or kind of got an idea of what it was about i was like more than likely this is based on a play because similar to ma rainey's there's one main setting and i'm not gonna lie i am not really a fan of movies that are based on one day because you can tell it's like you can tell that they are made from stage plays like my rainy was I was I, before I even looked it up and saw it was a stage play I was like this is obviously a stage play you have to remember my background is theater so what would be the easiest way to convey such a story get it all to fit in one room and I mean it's beautifully done and I would love to see both on stage you know I need to do some digging to find both of those films on you know on stage or maybe bucket list see them one day on broadway when this crazy world opens back up but it's definitely obviously a stage play because the lattermost part of the film takes place in the room um there's like a scene or two in the beginning they show uh mr jim brown visiting his hometown speaking to a white man that wouldn't even let him come in the house you know so it was just you know so they said that so they did some opening scenes um but for the most part i say 85 percent of the movie was done in the hotel room so i was like i bet this was a stage play and i was right so um but i'm not gonna lie because we're not here to talk about my Rainey, but I'm going to keep referencing that because it's one of the more recent black films that is based off of a stage play. Um, and I'm not going to lie, other than Chadwick Boseman, I really wasn't too moved by Ma Rainey because if you're going to have one set, you better have a, some hell of, you better have a hell of a plot and some hell of some dialogue. And unfortunately for me, Ma Rainey did not have that outside of Chadwick Boseman and his performance, but the conflict, the power dynamic um, between Sam Cooke and Malcolm X, you know, the uh, the power struggle there, and then, you know, just the celebrating of Muhammad Ali, what makes this movie super dope, and I mean super dope, and I bet the stage play is three times as powerful, is it takes figures who have, you know, because we're younger, you know, like I said, there's only one of the legends that's even still alive, and Jim Brown is like 84. So, you know, and Muhammad Ali, he passed, I think, in 2016. Um, So it takes legendary black figures, and it, it humanizes them. It takes, like, who doesn't know a change is going to come? Or, Cupid, draw back your bow. Like, who doesn't know Sam Cooke? You know what I'm saying? And who doesn't know Malcolm X? 
Like, even if you don't really know much about them, you have heard of these people before. Not, and like I said, Jim Brown, not so much, but everybody knows Muhammad Ali. Like a butterfly sting like a bee. You know, they're taking these people who have, I won't say became cliches, but you know, Plymouth, Mount, what was it, what was it, uh, Mount, what was it? Somehow Plymouth Rock didn't land on us, we landed on it. Like, you can quote these men, they are historical figures. If we could just shove Martin Luther King up in there somewhere, it would have just been a whole roster of just historical blackness. And it humanized them. You know, we got to hear Sam Cooke say, oh, I want to get some pussy tonight. <laughs> First of all, I love Leslie Odom Jr. as Sam Cooke. I think he delivered that role. He delivered, baby. He delivered. But let's be clear, baby. Sam Cooke was something. <laughs> baby, Sam, Sam Cooke could have got it. You hear me? Baby, Sam Cooke was fine. So, uh, <laughs> and yes, he was a little bit more handsome than Leslie Odom. But, um, and let me see about Leslie Odom. So, where do y'all know him from? I'm looking on Wikipedia. Okay, so he was in Hamilton, which I'm not going to lie, I still haven't seen. But it got great reviews, so okay. Rumble, young man, rumble. You know, I'm here for it. But, um, and to see, and to be honest, it humanized them so much. And the camera angles and the power struggle brought you into the room with them. So I just felt like I was, first of all, we got to see men, you know, be men and have their manly dynamic. Because normally when there's four figures on the screen, unless it's like the movie four brothers it's usually women you've got sex in the city living single you know the four woman um whatever i don't know the technical term but the four woman dialogue so normally when there's four humans that we're surrounding a story around on the screen it's women so it's definitely nice to see it from a male point of view and even though it's a period piece you know it's, it's back in the day it still is very current i hate to say it but not much has changed in the racial realm and like I said, it was it's humanized hearing, you know, Muhammad Ali say, fuck you, you know, just stuff like that. Um, so you kind of feel like one of the fellas in the room. And to be perfectly honest, we are all super hype because our homeboy just got named boxing champion, heavyweight champion of the world. And here we have who I felt like was the Debbie Downer of the group, Malcolm X, raining on the parade. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I felt like one of the homies who was just kind of over Malcolm. Like, damn, we get it. The struggles and all that shit. But damn, nigga, can we just go to the club? Like, this is really how they were coming. Except in 1960. Like, my mother was three years old the night this happened. So, it wasn't that long ago. But it was, it is a period piece. So, this is like 1963. You know, our boy just made history. Yo, we want to go party. But Malcolm was like, oh, we've come to reflect and pray and pawn. He was like, I was like, Malcolm is being a real Debbie Downer. Like, for real. Ugh. But um, in short, it was kind of like everybody versus Malcolm to a certain degree. But there was a big power struggle between him and Sam Cooke. And it's like... I guess Malcolm, to a certain degree, felt like everyone in the room, with the exception of Sam, used their gift. Or what? Because these are famous men. Like, they're legendary today. So they were famous then. These are, these are young black men during the civil rights era who are on TV. Like, Sam Cooke had just played the Copacabana. For a black man in the sick, now true enough, he bombed. He, he didn't bomb because he wasn't any good. He was bombed because that wasn't his audience. They weren't going to clap for him no matter how good he sang. But this is, that just lets you know the time we're in. But he, we were, 
like Regina did when I say she did this she did this because she brought us to his room and made us feel what he felt we are looking at it as how legendary is that that this man got to play this top of the line all-white club at this time but he she made us feel like he felt forget that I'm here I bombed they practically booed me you know and then the little dude comes in there like how's it feel to to bomb you know we got to feel what he felt because there was good directing top of the line acting and just a good script so um was it there were moments where it got a little slow you know um again it's a stage but it's not a it's not a marvel dc film it's 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 not um you know guns blazing it's not an action film it's a period piece and it's a period piece that takes place in a hotel room so i mean for the most part if you're looking for a bunch of action this may not be it for you you know um I think Malcolm X is just one of my favorite historical figures. I just love, love, love. There is no Malcolm X or Betty Shabazz movie that I have watched where we did not get to see the dynamic of the love he had for Betty and the absolute adoration he had for his daughters. Malcolm X has always, as far as I know, been a straight up and down family man. And it's so odd that he's villainized in history. I could go on. We're not going to talk about your favorite Dr. Martin Luther King. You know, it's always so odd to me that he's villainized and Martin Luther King is like put on this pedestal of peacefulness. But as far as families go, poor Coretta, like if I had to choose to to be one or the other, I most definitely would have been Miss Betty Shabazz. But, um, and also if you're looking for a good film on Betty Shabazz, Mary J. Blige might can't play this gangster chick <laughs> this gangster chick in power very well, but she did she did that for Betty. So um, that's a good one if you want to check it out. But anyway, so Kill Killjoy, Malcolm X, is really he's a little bit older. Because in this particular film, Muhammad is well Cassius. At the time he's still Cassius Clay. Um Cassius Clay, uh, aka Muhammad Ali. Was still, he was like 22, like as a baby, you know. So Malcolm X is more so the senior, if you will, of the group. But they're all still very young men. And, um, you know, Jim Brown and Sam Cooke, you know, they came to turn up. In short, like Jim is looking for the hooch. <laughs> is that what they call liquor right <laughs> Jim looking for the hooch. And Sam, of course, got him a little stash in his guitar. You know, they came to turn up and celebrate their brother Cassius Clay. And Malcolm X is on a different angle. He's he's actually in the process of leaving the Nation of Islam, but hasn't gone public with it yet. Now, I'm going to just let you know, for me, it, it wasn't until I was fully grown that I knew who was responsible for his death. I guess I always thought growing up, because he was a figure like Martin Luther King, surely white people killed him. But you know, follow the story. They were, people don't like when you when you when you leave their house after they done a lot for you, and you get hip to the shit they own, and you be like, you know what? Never mind all this. And they didn't like when Malcolm did it either. And um, you know, he did it, and then took a great a great deal of followers with him. And he wanted Muhammad Ali to join him in this journey, but. Muhammad was kind of under the impression he was joining the nation of Islam, but he was really more so just walking, welcoming him into Muslimhood and also to the new house, I guess, I'm not really sure how you would describe it, that he was trying to build outside of the nation of Islam. So, um, 
Malcolm was really it. I like that they showed that. Regina, ah. You know, I don't know if that was in the stage play or not, or if the stage play was strictly the hotel room. I would love to. I'm going to have to dig it up, for real. But, um... I like that they showed that, you know, that they let us know that he's coming in here with his front in this room. Like, he is just pasta, you know, pasta Michael, ooh, Malcolm, ooh, you know. But he really got a lot of shit going on in his own life. Everything he owns, from the house he lives in to the car he drives, is owned by the Nation of Islam. And, um, you know, so he's dealing with that. But he's still trying to. But the nation, Islam, is is too much. They got too much stuff he don't really agree with going on in the leadership. So um, some ratchet stuff, you know, that I don't blame him for not wanting to be a part of. But they're the ones who have propped him up, you know. And when someone props you up, they kick that prop from underneath you. It can have it can have consequences. So and it's not just Malcolm X. He's got six, count them six daughters and his wife. So. You know, he's got a lot on his mind, too. And I don't think until Sam Cooke has finally had enough and exits the room that we really, you know, that he kind of breaks down and starts crying. And it's like, hey, you know, hey, I wish he would have just kind of came instead of trying to be Malcolm X, you know, that he would have just came and enjoyed his brothers. If he didn't want to necessarily go out and drink, whatever, that's fine. But, you know, he was definitely a killjoy. And, um... He did push Sam Cooke in the conversation. He was harsh on him. But according to the film, his harshness and his, I won't say harshness, his challenging him to use, not be scared to use his gift to support the struggle as well. And I think, um, I think everybody has to understand their role and their gifts. Malcolm came out the gate as you know nation islam black power black power you know these others one is a football player with the, with the nfl at a time when i'm sure there weren't a whole lot of black players as it was the other is a singer and the other is a boxer sometimes depending on what your lane is you have to get your foot in the door and score some touchdowns win some fights you know sell some records before you can just fly off at the mouth and malcolm was at a malcolm came out the door able to fly out the mouth he i guess maybe he didn't comprehend that hey nigga let me get my foot in this dough and get some records sold and get some kind of name for myself before i go shoot myself in the foot possibly blackballing is a very real thing think of all the actors actresses eartha kits of the of the past who tried to speak out on political issues and were pretty much blackballed until this day people people are blackballed all the time in hollywood this is these folks livelihood i can't use my platform if it's taken away so i definitely can understand where sam and jim were coming from but i also comprehend what malcolm is saying too you have a voice art creates life real talk all they needed up in there was a filmmaker and they would have had just a room full of extremely influential from all aspects of life you got music you got sports all they would have needed is a filmmaker because art shapes life especially black folks we have leaned on music and more recently visuals to get us through so much and to tell our stories and to pass our stories down so yes singing especially a voice as beautiful and timeless as sam cook's is a powerful gift 
And sometimes as a, as a writer, you have to reach deep down in your soul and really write that song that's, you know, brings people to tears. And I think he definitely hit the ball at the park with um, A Change Gonna Come. I remember the first time I heard it was actually on Daddy's Little Girls. I know. I was, I was darn near grown. But, you know, the scene where he gets in a fight with the drug deal, I guess where he just had enough and they just squared off. Anyway, that was the first time I really just heard the song and I do remember crying because the song is absolutely beautiful. But I guess Malcolm had to push him to get that song out of him, you know, but, um, and, you know, probably for all, unless you are a conscientious rapper or a conscientious singer, you know, he's an R&B singer. Everything can't be brothers and sisters. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's, I'm working on a, you know, working on the chain or Cupid. You know, sometimes it's just love songs. People need that too. It can't always be fight the power between four seven. Damn. And I guess that's what they were trying to get mocking us. And like, bro, you chill out. We not at a march. Like he kid, you know, he kept saying the cameras ain't on right now. <laughs> You know, but he was amped up, and it's like, you know how that can be. There's sometimes that one that's in the group that we really just trying to chill and have fun, and you was just amped up on some social stuff, and right now we really just trying to chill. And I think that was, like, like I said, it took political figures and historical figures and humanize them because at this point in time they're just four brothers trying to blow off some steam well three and one of us be tripping you know so it, it humanized them it made them very human you know to hear sam cook almost feel like he was being challenged despite all the records he's broken despite all the you know avenues and doors that he's open and hearing him plead his case to somebody who probably don't even know how to turn a microphone on you know or even work a booth or none of that like how you gonna tell me what i'm doing and what i'm not because it don't come off or look exactly how you feel like it should i ain't gonna lie michael's getting my nerves too but um he had a point you know and i think once he got too you know too carried away with the words but there was a scene on the roof that was really funny. They went up to the roof for a couple of minutes. I don't know if they slapped the camera out of Malcolm's hand or what, but baby. <laughs> it got unholy real quick. <laughs> Let me just say as a camera owner, them shits is expensive. You knock my stuff out my hand and then start laughing like it's a joke. We probably going to fight. <laughs> but that part was, it was comical. It was cute. Um, you know, brother Malcolm. But in short, that's really what the whole film was. And I was like, this gonna be boring, but I'm gonna watch it, you know, to support my girls. So, you know, send me them in the hotel room and probably the stage play. Yeah. But um, I think the power struggle between Sam Cooke and Malcolm X, and then when Sam Cooke went to take a breather, because these are, we have to remember, they're historical figures to us, but they're friends. Muhammad Ali is their friend. You know what I'm saying? They bond over being black male celebrities in a time such as this. So they genuinely care for him. They don't really think it's a good idea for him to publicly go Muslim. Understandably so. Um, Malcolm X, FBI, you know, yeah. This is not a good look, you know, um, it's racially charged, 60s, like, meh. You know, 
you're doing so well in your career but that's what i meant by getting your foot in the door he's a champ now so he can he can worship dirt if he wanted i'm the champ you know so but they didn't want any unnecessary targets on his back as his friend um i really can't say who if there was a main character if so i would say jim brown because that's who we were introduced to first um I don't know, or Sam Cook. I don't know. I think they were all equally. We got to see their lives equally, and we got to speak with them all equally and get a, a get a taste of their lives outside of the room. It could be Muhammad Ali. I don't know, but um, you know, uh, the power dynamic mostly was just us three versus Muhammad or Sam Cook versus Muhammad, which was the strongest power dynamic. And sometimes, even when you're trying to give a positive message, if your delivery is trash, it goes over people's heads. And I think the the delivery from Malcolm in the beginning, before Sam left the room, was trash. It just wasn't resonating. They almost came to blows. And um, I think once everybody cleared the room and he got a minute to breathe, and Jim was kind of like, look, you, you, you're going way too hard on him. When Sam came back, and Malcolm was like, let's squash this. In fact, let me tell y'all about the many times I have gone to his, you know, gone to his shows. And then he even walked us through a time where he went and the sound had went out at the show and how Sam was still able to keep the crowd and rock the crowd and get everybody clapping and stomping to make his rhythm. You know, and I think that's a fine example of what Malcolm meant. You have a powerful tool. People will follow you. They will listen to you because they did that night. You know, so I think it humbled the situation, but still delivered his message. And maybe he should have tried that method the first go around because whatever he was doing at first wasn't working. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's something about humbling yourself that gets your message across a little better. And look at that. He got the results he was after. He, he um, not after, but yes, that, because that's what he told Jim was the main goal of him coming down on Sam like that is that he wanted him to really use his gift to support the struggle and so the results of that at least according to the film was his timeless classic a change gonna come which you know probably ended up being one of Sam Cooke's highest selling records so uh he debuted it on the tonight show mm-hmm. and um you know, so I think overall, my girl did her thing. Um, like I said, it's no, it's no, it's no Marvel film. It's no, you know, guns blazing. Um, not a whole lot of action, but it didn't need all that. You know, it didn't need all that. Um, it humanized historic figures and not in a comical way. Like, even though... I probably, you know, and just because his eyes were so big, I just, Muhammad Ali has tight eyes, Will Smith has tight eyes, I don't know. Just, he didn't look like Muhammad Ali to me. But even he really embodied just the, you know, we all, we, we got to see the human faces of historical figures. Like, he's jumping on the bed like a 22-year-old dude. He's like, what are you, the big-ass baby? Yeah, yes, he was 22, you know. He was 22 with millions of dollars or lots of dollars, how much ever he was making at the time. But, uh, you know, um... He was obsessed with himself, very high-inflated self-esteem. He thought it was pretty than a motherfucker, you know, and all that. And just, 
it was good to see. It was it was good to to see that and feel that. And Sam Cook, you know, he had his you know moments where he doubted himself or questioned himself, but also he knew. You know, he was more business-minded. And I think Malcolm, who technically, like Jim Brown said, <laughs> Jim Brown straight up and down told him, you ain't got no job, Negro. He didn't. He was a speaker of a house that he was about to leave. So technically, he was in between jobs, if you will. But, you know, and Jim Brown was trying to exit from football over to his film career. So, I Let me see. I'm finna, cause I think, and I could be completely wrong, but let me just see. College sports. Yeah, he was, I think All American should have played him. I'm just looking at him. Oh, okay. MGM, leading man, the split. Maybe he did some films, baby. Jim Brown, All American. Well, I'll be. Okay, he did some stuff. Three the hard way. Sucker free any given Sunday. I knew I recognized him. Alright then. Okay. So Jim Brown real life when he was like, I'm finna dismiss football and act, he wasn't kidding. <laughs> okay, my boy has been acting. I think his last movie was 2004. So, you know, damn. Okay, then. I feel like I saw him in something with, um, what is her name? Pam Greer. Y'all let me know. Write in the comments or something. But was he in something with Pam Greer? Because he sure looked familiar. I, I realize he's from any given Sunday now, but I just remember him being in something with Pam Greer. Oh, well. That's neither here nor there. But, um, you know, since it wasn't that complex of a movie, um, it was, but it wasn't, you know, like I said, it humanized some historical figures. It brought us into their guys night out. They ended up being this historical night of celebration, you know, um, but really for them, it was just a guys night out celebrating our homies, you know, reign to championship. It, it wasn't all that for them. You know, Mark was getting on their nerves. He was cramping their style. They they came to get jiggy with it, <laughs> to get lit. And Malcolm wants to pray. We don't want to do that. You know, so, I mean, I'm here for it. Very interesting. Very interesting. But, um, I don't know about Oscars, but I definitely do see some awards coming. Because... It gave us a lot emotionally, but I still felt like it was held back just that wee bit. But maybe there just wasn't that much emotion to be had that night outside of what we were given. And we were given a lot. Like I said, Sam Cooke and Malcolm X and their power struggle really draws you in. So, you know, I'm here for it. Um, you know, what's really dope is that Regina King was introduced to most of us as like Craig's little sister on Friday. And, you know the best friend I put justice and then Riley off of boondocks and here she is winning Oscars not only did she um now she didn't write the film like I said it was a stage play that was adapted into a, a screen you know a film but um so the screenplay is by Kent Powers but but 
Kemp Powers, her city, one night in Miami, Star Trek Discovery. He got some. Okay, so. <gasps> wow. Okay, Kim. Okay, so a little bit of background about Kemp Powers, really quick. That's who's responsible for the screenplay. He also did Star Trek Discovery and the recent movie Soul with Jamie Foxx. I feel like we're going to be hearing more about him, too. So I got, I got, okay. <laughs> like for real um one night in miami was a play that he put on in 2013 you know so that's what's it well um i'm sure we will be seeing more good things from him because so far he's on a roll and soul has been like the talk i didn't do a podcast for soul for my own personal reasons but yeah whatever but um Soul has been talking to town since it dropped on Christmas, so way to go. Um, way to go, young man. So Regina King and Kent Powers, they came together and they brought us this masterpiece. I see lots of awards in the future. The only thing I would have changed about it is probably who they picked to um, play Muhammad Ali. You know, just I would have dug a little deeper with the casting. But even he did pretty good. Um, and I love my baby. But uh, even he, he didn't really look like Jeremy. Like Jim around me, but um, Malcolm and Sam Cook spot on, so it's no it's no wonder that their power dynamic and their arguments seem so believable because they were believable, you know. And um, like I said, Aldis Hodge is so talented, even though he doesn't really look like Jim Brown, he did an excellent job, so I'm here for it. Um, who is this, Ely Gory? What's he off of? Oh, he's a Canadian actor. Like, what the f? Are we not just getting black actors from a black acting men from America no more? Damn. <laughs> Are you gonna? Well, oh child, I probably said that. Well, no, United States of America. Just if it's anyway, uh, <laughs> you know what I meant. But yeah, good stuff, girl. I'm here for it. Like I said at first, I was a little. Eh, about it but I, one one scene i really really loved was um when malcolm x made a phone call home to his baby girl and they just talked a little bit and he had wrote her a note in a book and you know told her how to get to it and i i like that i don't want that to ever be forgotten that malcolm x was about his wife and kids you hear me they tried to villainize him through history but every movie every book always supports the same thing where is your favorite was out here making Coretta look like a damn fool but um that's neither hit on that y'all neither hit on that but um Malcolm X he did not he did not play play about Betty you hear me or them girls so you know I just I hate that he's villainized so but mm, what can you say he made white people angry so villain forever but um that's all i'm gonna say about this things you should check out from the movie um like i said uh, a good movie to check out about betty shabazz of course it's betty starring mary j blige a change is gonna come by sam cook that's a good tune to play in your stereos and uh i think that's it thank you for joining and god bless